The Meeting Charleston podcast is sponsored by Princeton Mortgage, home of the Princeton Promise. If you think your mortgage process was anything less than effortless, just tell them why and receive a $1,000 credit. My husband Mark and I moved to Charleston in 2018 with our three daughters. We both grew up in New Jersey and were ready for a new adventure. We had visited Charleston a few years back and immediately fell in love. So when it came time to pick a new home, low country living seemed like a no-brainer. So far, it has definitely exceeded our expectations. We love meeting our new neighbors and hearing their stories, so we started this podcast because we think that you might want to hear these stories too. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our feed on YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify, and please give us a five-star rating. Your support will make it easier for us to get an audience with the people you would most like to hear from. If you have suggestions for us on guests or things that we can do to improve the podcast, please message us on Facebook or Instagram. Your feedback is sincerely appreciated. Now on to our guest. Tonight, we are so excited to be sitting down with Liz Martin, the founder of Charleston Weekender and co-founder of Cannonborough Collective. Hello. How are you? How are you guys? We are good. Y'all are just the best. You like could have given up on me many times ago and you didn't. So thank you for still no. even accepting me onto your awesome podcast. <laughs> thank you. No, we're, I, we understand how busy life gets and you're everywhere all the time. I don't even know how you do it. I don't think I am. I think it just looks like it. If you look at my social media, <laughs> maybe, <I'm laughs> maybe just here, recycling old photos from Months and even years ago, sometimes <laughs> I'm on my couch, oftentimes. So that's not, I need Thank all you. the secrets. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah. What are y'all? Are y'all in your garage? Is this where your studio is? I love it. We are. So actually, Start we're up, yeah. we're usually flipped, and there's like we have two like palms, and everybody who comes in is like, "Is this between two ferns?" <laughs> I love that. So we're on between two palms. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Rebrand. Yeah. Have y'all been doing okay with this? Oh, go ahead. No, we used to record from our our office, but uh, with obviously everything on here, we transitioned. Yeah, it's a lot of things. So are the kids in bed? Is that how this works? So one of them is in bed. We have a seven, a three, and a one-year-old. So one is in bed already in the crib. The other two we've bribed with a movie, and they're they're usually like 7, 30, 8 o'clock bedtime, but we're like, ah. Put a movie on as long as you're good. You can stay up and watch it. I love it. That's good parenting right there. <laughs> Bribery. It works most of the time. <laughs> so how was your trip this weekend? It was so good. That's I had awesome. to go home for Mother's Day. I don't know if I was like allowed or not, but I did it. And it was great. Where's home? Yeah, I'm from Asheville. And uh actually Fairview, kind of like very heavily laden with cows and pastures and curvy roads and not a lot of other things going on but it's so beautiful this time of year um I mean the color greens on the trees are just like it's just ridiculous they don't even look real they're so pretty um so yeah it's fun to go back as an adult after you maybe had a different experience as a kid where you're like, oh gosh, we live so far out here. I want to live in the city with my friends. But um, but now, oh my gosh, it's just the prettiest place. My parents live on a place called Echo Lake. So oh. it's a man-made lake, but um, we got to do like paddle boating and stuff like that growing up. But my mom and I had big plans to go kayaking this weekend, but it's still a little too chilly actually. Yeah. 
How long have you been living? How long have you been living in Charleston? I moved to Charleston in I always forget twenty eleven. Yeah, twenty eleven. And moved from DC. Okay. Yeah. So take us take us back. You you did you were born in Asheville. Born in Asheville. Went did all the um well as you know, most of the schools in North Carolina the colleges. Some of us know of. I did all of them except for Duke. So I started at NC State, did my undergrad there, and then did my master's at UNC. And then kind of was like in North Carolina, I wanted to stay in state to have, you know, affordable schooling. But I had just always wanted to go to D.C. And I actually applied to a school in D.C., and I just decided at the last minute, I was like, oh, no, I'm not going to go. I think I'd rather go live in D.C. when I wasn't a struggling student. So um, I was like, you know, I'm going to live in D.C. as a somewhat less struggling adult-ish and like move there for my first job. So I moved to D.C. right after grad school as a speech pathologist at the time. Nothing really like what I'm doing now, except maybe there's kind of a little bit of a teaching aspect to some of the like Instagram training and stuff like that that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why I love those kinds of things. Like I love getting to help other entrepreneurs feel empowered or, or successful with their businesses. But um, I really did love that whole teaching thing and just the idea of helping people um, just feel good and learn a new skill and all that kind of thing. So I went to school for speech pathology, got my first job in D.C., um, had an office. I could see the Capitol building way off in the distance. It was gorgeous Um, and did that whole little thing for a while. And I worked actually with pediatrics and adults and learned so much and then wound up working in a nursing home. And that was actually really great. Like the elderly folk are so cool and they have so much to teach us. And I was just like always interviewing them. Like, how old were you when you had kids? And what would you do differently? And da, da, da. I mean, I learned just as much from them as they learned from me, I'm sure. But um, I did that for a while. I got to work with mostly cognitive patients. So I was doing things like teaching them memory strategies. And um, a lot of them like had strokes or even just surgery and the anesthesia, the older you get will kind of mess with your mind a little bit and just make everything a little bit slower, you know, that reaction time and those attention skills. So I worked on like rebuilding and re-strengthening these skills, these cognitive skills in the elderly there for the biggest portion of my career as a speech therapist. And in the middle of that nursing home work, moved to Charleston in 2011 because I was getting married here. And just kind of had always wanted to live here. And it's like, you know, this is the great, greatest time as any. We're planning a wedding. Let's just go ahead and plan it from Charleston and moved here in 2011. And been here that's awesome. Yeah. So how did you even begin the blog and everything? I mean, I feel like you're in a little bit of everything right now because you, you seem to be everywhere. Girl, I told you, I'm just recycling I know, you're just, photos that I took years ago or months ago or weeks ago and making you think that, but I guess it's working. So yay. Um, but Incredible. I really, it's funny. I've actually kind of like pared down to where the place I am now, because I certainly, I started, I guess in maybe 2014, I had been um, in Charleston for three years. I had been a speech therapist. 
I graduated in 2008. I don't feel like doing math right now. It's too late in the day. We're quarantined. We can't do math. But um, anyway, I had just um, been feeling this void in this in this whole speech therapy thing. Like I loved it. And it was fulfilling, except. Oh my gosh, can y'all hear my dog scratching? She knows when we're on Zoom and now she's like needing attention and a treat. That's adorable. <laughs> oh my gosh, Maddie. No, come. Okay. So, um, that's my favorite part of the quarantine Zooms though. I love it. It's like you get the real like the real like what people's animals and their themselves <laughs> are doing. Um, so anyway, I um I was doing the whole speech pathology thing. But really, the one beef I have with the healthcare industry, it has gotten to be such an industry. And it kind of like, they don't teach you in grad school. I thought I was going to be helping all these people and living this fulfilling life. But then so much of my job every day, hold on, I'm going to grab my dog. Okay. Ah! Okay. Sorry, we were going to have to hear that the whole time. Okay. So, um, so much of... The healthcare industry is about like making this productivity, like meeting this productivity requirement. And, you know, I was getting, I was feeling like I couldn't go to the bathroom more than a certain amount of times a day or those minutes were going to count against me. And so then I was feeling like I had to make unethical choices of like, you know, just giving somebody some busy work so that I could finish typing their documentation or I had to work off the clock for two hours at the end of the day, you know, and it was kind of just like it, the struggle was real. And I was coming home and kind of just like needing to have an hour nap every day after work because <laughs> it was just so taxing. And the job itself was taxing in a good way, but it's like a lot to it's helping people with their memory. So I was memorizing all this information with them almost. And, um, so anyway, I kind of just like so many people in their jobs right now, right? That I just felt this void and this lack of like, oh, I just feel like I'm missing something. I'm just missing this creativity that I'm craving. And, and I was like the queen of, I mean, I was the Charleston weekender then. I was the queen <laughs> of let's find all the fun things to do. Let's do all the activities. Let's, um, let me do some hobbies, some craft night, like, I was just all about trying to fill this, this void, I guess, um, in all kinds of other ways outside of my job. But eventually, um, I got to work four days a week in my job. And so I took that fifth day and I was like, I'm going to take this fifth day and try to just pursue some creative outlets and see what I might want to do with my, you know, with my career. And I was like, what can I do that I don't have to go back to school for? Because I'm not ready to fully commit to that. I've already done school for six years. Okay. I can't do any more of that. Still paying the loans, not a good time to start. A new <laughs> situation. So I, um, I started out with interior decorating. I tried to just listen to the, what the people around me had kind of commented on over and over like, Hey Liz, would you come decorate my house? I like how your decor looks. I was like, you know, I could, this is a little hack. I don't have to go be an interior designer. I could be an interior decorator. And so I really just started out kind of helping those friends that would ask. And then maybe when their friend would ask, I would charge like kind of, you know, peanuts and just do it more like a hobby. And, um, but try to kind of build it word of mouth and just see if I could get some clients that way. And, um, 
finally I had kind of been doing it on the side on that one day enough that I was like, I think I'm going to actually do a business and make this happen. And I don't know how I thought of the name. Um, but I decided to like make a website and then, so it was going to really be about my interior decorating services. But then I started to think, well, I could just offer some products if I'm going to do a website. You know, I could have some things to complement my home decorating. And I did at the time have Turkish towels. That's still like one of my best selling products because we have family in Turkey and they kind of introduced these Turkish towels. Um, Like if y'all have a boat, I got to get y'all some. If we were doing this in person, I always bring a little thank you hostess gift, but Um, I'll have to mail you guys some so you can have them, but they're um, just like one of my favorite things. Our family used them all the time because of this cousin. She kind of turned us on to them. They're super thin and they dry really quickly, but they also work as a cool decorative item. And so um, you can kind of use them like as a throw or something like that inside. If I put one on the couch, my dog knows like like nap cozy time for her. So she loves (laughs) when I pull one out. But um, I was like, you know, this could be cool. I could use this product I love and maybe make that one of my things that I sell. And so it was all about the Turkish towels at first. I actually made this felted soap, which nobody knows what that is. But let's just say it's not one of my products anymore because (laughs) some sweat and tears over that soap. But the whole idea was I was going to have like these little hostess gifts and kind of stuff like that. So soap and towels. Um, And at one point I was trying to name it all about like a, some pun. I love puns because I was a speech therapist. So it's going to be like Southern hospitality was one of the names that I was like so close to that being my brand name. And, um, I don't know why this whole Charleston weekender thing. I just, I don't really am like, I like that it's called that. So I'm yay past Liz, but I don't remember why it was named that. But then, um, I kind it's like, I just started things And then I figured out everything else as I went pretty much. So I made this website. It was called Charleston Weekender. I'm selling some products. I'm doing some interior decorating. And one of my friends said, a blog is good for your SEO. Maybe you should write a blog. I'm like, what's SEO? I don't know. Okay. (laughs) And so I did start writing a blog. And maybe because of the name or maybe because, like I said, that was just such a part of me was trying to find um, ways to enjoy. You know, it's like I didn't maybe like the whole phrase about living to work and working to live. And like so many people live for the weekend. Maybe that's where the weekend name part came into the name. But um, I was just so determined to kind of just like give other people this idea of like, here's how to live like a tourist in your own city. And here's how to really just enjoy your life more. I mean, it can't be all about work. Cause I had been so immersed in this, this career for eight years where I was, it was all about work. And I just felt yeah. so consumed that um, I just wanted to share that with other people. Like, hey, here, let's have some inspirational ideas for having a cute picnic. Um, but then that's how I would incorporate this Turkish towel. And I would show, here's some picnic ideas around Charleston or here, you know, here are five fun activities going on in Charleston. So I just started sharing on my blog things that were close to me and, and you know, that I was excited about. And um, before I know it, before I knew it, I think um, the blog and the Instagram just kind of started being like maybe more exciting than the products and the services, or maybe I lo- I got more excited about those things. So um, eventually I started 
I was kind of making recommendations about what to see and do in Charleston while also trying to sell these products. And I think people did just kind of started to see me as like a lifestyle blogger more than they saw me as a product brand. Um, And that was kind of when, I guess that was really in like 2015 that I kind of really like started everything, like started the website, started doing blogging and really focusing on my Instagram. Um, And there, it wasn't like, there were not so many bloggers out there, I guess. Like Instagram was kind of, I hadn't been on it maybe a few years, but not that much, but I didn't really like say, Oh, I think I should be a blogger. I think I'm going to do that Instagram thing. It was just all I knew. It was free that's how I knew how to market, you know, write a blog. It's good to get people to your website and have it. So, so I think yeah. people really want to know, I mean, there's so many people. I just talk too much, Mark. You get a turn. I'm sorry. I'm going to have, oh, yeah, I got it. Well, it's just for flow purposes. I want to hop in. Interrupt but, uh, me anytime. Go. So top three ways, top three things you did to get to 33,000 followers on Instagram. That's, top that's, three that's, things. Top three things. Like if you were like, hey, like I have to get. To 33,000 followers. What are the three things I have to keep in mind? That What are the secrets? Okay. Well, that's what everybody wants to know. And I will tell you, I was one of these people that wanted to know these secrets, you know, back in 2015. I was like, I get more followers. I can make more sales, right? So um, the main thing that I did was, I think, just like, you're not going to like this answer. But that was in 2015. I really just kind of made a commitment to it. I made a commitment to show up and post every freaking single day. And I was like, I'm going to keep doing this. I don't know if anyone's listening to me. I don't know if anyone cares. I'm going to keep doing this. And for a long time with my blog, I was posting four blog posts a week because somebody said that's what the blog police says you're supposed to do. I don't know. So I was really like, I got to do it. I'm going to crank it out. I'm going to do this four times a week. And then Instagram, I was posting seven days a week. And now I go through little bouts of like, I just don't even know. I just need a break. But um, therefore, probably like, Three or four solid years in a row, I'm on the Instagram every single day. I'm doing a post, and then I'm staying on Instagram. I'm interacting with the people that are commenting or liking. I'm also going and liking and commenting other people's posts who are not following me so that they get to know me. It's like kind of just saying, like, hey, here I am. Um, Just spending time, like spending Probably at first when I didn't have as much going on, like I didn't have a store, I didn't have, you know, the, the marketing plan, I guess I have now, I was just like, I'm just going to spend time on this app. And I would, I would spend like maybe, I don't know, like two hours a day, just being on Instagram, interacting with people, engaging with people. So that's the one thing I'll say, you can skip that part and you can buy followers, you can... I don't know, you could hire a marketing service or, or something like that. But that was how I did it was just being consistent, showing up every single day. So, cause we don't need shortcuts people. We just have to do the hard work sometimes. So that's one thing. Um, side note, Mark, I have to tell you, I'll send you my link to my Instagram growth strategy workshop if you're interested. Cause I do go into like two hours of these are all the things that I use. Um, 
and it's hard to pick like what are the main things that worked, but other than the consistency, I guess the other two, I would say, um, I think like caring about your content and focusing on the way things look. Now it depends what you're selling and it depends what your brand is about. Maybe not every, some people can be more authentic and take selfies and have it be dark and shadowy and that works for them and what they're selling or what they're putting out there. But for me, I just knew that I liked looking at bright, crisp, colorful photos on Instagram. And so I just kind of made a commitment to spending extra time, um, like thinking about how I wanted to lay something out and style it. If I'm getting a product photo, I would just like spend a lot of time kind of it's fun for me to be meticulous and lay things a certain way. Here's my sunglasses and here's my flowers and here's whatever this little picnic scene. So I would just spend all this time on like the styling of things. Um, and then after I take pictures, whether it's products or me or whatever, or Charleston, I spend a lot of time editing the picture. So I'm always just trying to like enhance the picture to look the best possible way it can. And then also to make sure my, pictures all kind of look the same as each other. So they always kind of have the same colors and brightness and crispness. So when you look at my feed as a whole, I think that does help, um, help me get followers that of people that don't know me that maybe see me tag somewhere else. They come check out my feed. If you look at it, it's consistent looking. You kind of know what you're getting at like all all jives it's all colorful and cheerful right and so that's and this is all also um manual i'm long-winded but this is just not something you just got a short answer to okay mark but um <laughs> I, let me ask you this so you, well, you i was just gonna say i listened to what other people told me that they liked and that's part of it but i'll give you a third one but go ahead with your question so what's your third one <laughs> um the the third one i would say is Actually, this is like a good meaty one y'all can use right now tomorrow is giveaways. Giveaways do give you the fastest growth. If you do want a little shortcut, um, teaming up with other people, and especially if you can give away a hotel stay or a stay at an Airbnb or something like that, people love to enter giveaways, especially for a staycation or a vacation. So those times I've done giveaways have given me the biggest like bump in followers. So, fun fact. Okay. Tell me about your class. You run a class. Yeah. How much? How much is it? When do we go? When are you doing them? What's the? The million what? dollars, but for you, Mark, it's only ninety nine dollars. Nice. <laughs> and, how, so and how does I your class like, work? Well, and when when times are normal, I do a lot of times. I'll do an in person class at my store where it's um, like fifty bucks ahead or something like that. But I did finally make a webinar version of my workshop where um, I just share all the strategies that have helped me to grow my Instagram. And I share all those things. And then I also offer a one-on-one -on -one offering too. And that's all on my website, the charlestonweekender.com. And there's a little tab that says Instagram or Instagram growth or class or something. I don't know. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, so where does, what does most of your time spend doing these days? Oh, that's a good question. Well, so back in uh, 2017, after, well, along the way, I was selling all my products, like at markets and stuff like that to put myself out there. I was, 
you know, bringing my products to places like West Elm and doing a pop-up or going to these markets like Celadon will do these Sunday flea markets, stuff like that. Um, and in 2017, I met the Tiny Tassel, or maybe we met in 2016, but anyway, Mimi of the Tiny Tassel and I just decided we had seen this cute little space on the corner that was vacant for six months, and we were like, you know what? Let's see how much that is. Let's think about maybe having a shop because we both were always schlepping our stuff to these markets and blah, blah, blah. So um, we wound up opening a store in May 2017. So right now, that has been the most of the bulk of my week, um, especially now that like things are changing with, with retail and we, we've had some period where we were closed. And thank goodness for my partner who doesn't get overwhelmed like me, she put our entire store online. And this got oh, like, yes. uh, yeah, there are, oh, I, I knew last week, I think 1,300 items that we had to put online all of a sudden. And she did it really quickly too. She is like, she puts her head down and works hard and gets things done. I'm like, I'm like, Oh squirrel, you know, I have the ideas, but like <laughs> sitting down and working hard, that's tough for me. Um, but I did do my, my fair share of the inventory counting. So it's all happening, but, um, that's kind of been the bulk of what I've been doing lately is focusing on really promoting my products on my Instagram. Um, going and being physically in our shop where we've been offering curbside pickup and then also now been reopened for about a week. Um, and so I'm actually in the shop working a few days a week. And then the other days I'm doing some like marketing stuff for us and for myself. But um, one of the things I started doing along the way was working with other brands on my Instagram to promote them and their products. Um, but, you know, locally, local businesses are a big part of what I usually, who I usually work with. And I've been trying to still give people the love. Um, but, you know, a lot of the brands I used to work with are retailers themselves or local businesses that, that have been had to shut down or just certainly don't have the marketing budget they did. So um, I kind of just haven't been able to have the clients that I did like last year for my blog. So um, I'm mostly just kind of focusing on the shop right now. So what, what are some of the, you know, obviously everybody listening to this wants to support the local businesses. What are some of the products that are top sellers from the store? I know you mentioned the Turkish towels. What are some other things that you guys do a lot of business with, or that would be a good thing to be able to buy through the website as opposed to coming into the store? Okay. So, um, well, I will say the thing that kind of got everybody excited and keeps me excited is that we sell balloons. So we're a balloon and gift shop and um, our gifts are comprised of like maybe between 20 and 25 local brands. So most of the things we sell are made things that are made by local Charlestonians. And um, it's kind of a whole range of things from jewelry to candles. We have soap. We even have hand sanitizer right now <laughs> kind of worked out. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, puzzles, you guys. If you want some puzzles, good luck because they are sold out everywhere. Wow. And luckily I found this uh, this person who made puzzles like in December and I was so excited to get these puzzles. They, they say Charleston on them. And it, okay. the timing just was so fortuitous that I was getting a shipment of these puzzles in January and now like you cannot get puzzles anywhere. And so the puzzle just became this hot seller overnight that I, <laughs> that I had. 
um, that have sold out. Like I signed up, sold a hundred puzzles in April and I was just so <laughs> thankful for the people for wanting puzzles because like it just helped my business so much. But, um, puzzles are huge. Um, jewelry is really popular. It's really funny. People are still wanting their statement earrings right now because Zoom. Zoom, And I told y'all, I was like, I don't think we're going to share this video today. Right. Because <laughs> you know, that I just wasn't bringing my, my a game today, but, um, a lot of people are still kind of having fun with their accessories right now. Um, and so we have some jewelry people are loving, but the balloons, I mean, you can order them online and just send them uninflated to people. We have a lot of air filled options. They're like air filled banners and things like that. But that has been our biggest seller for curbside pickup. We're the only balloon shop downtown and um, people, I love it so much. Like the one thing making me feel less sad in all of this, people are still just like, they've got to celebrate. They're like, look, Susie's still having her birthday. Coronavirus or not, we got to get her a balloon. And people have been bringing it too. where like, they can't celebrate the way they normally would, but you know, maybe they're throwing their friend a surprise bachelorette party and getting our balloons for that or whatever it is. Like just the kindness of people and the way they've been using our balloons to spread joy. It's just like, dang, it makes my heart happy. It's awesome. Yeah. I love your balloons. <laughs> yeah. Like what adult doesn't love they're balloons? They're so not for kids, you know? I know. <laughs> yeah. They're really fun. They're I bet awesome. Mark even likes balloons. He probably won't admit it, but. No, I'm, I'm very you would, honest. You would love these balloons too. They're you so. You would love it, Mark. Well, I will have to come down and check those out. Yeah. Very Gotta do it. For we'll the wife, the next time Nicole has a has a birthday or next time you mess up, you might want to come get a balloon. <laughs> it's the way I mess up. Balloons aren't going to cut it, but we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll figure out what we can do. So, all right. So yeah, just, I have a quick question about the product. So yeah. how do you, is it just you? Is it you and your partner? How do you decide what products you choose? You said you have about 1300 of them. Who, who, how does, how do you choose? That sounds like, yeah, that sounds like a lot. I should back up. Well, that is a month. Like I said, we have, you know, over 20 local vendors. So yeah. that includes their stuff as well. So the way our shop works is so Mimi and I started out, like I said, back to the Turkish towel is the first thing, you know, I had Charleston weekender and my products and Mimi had the tiny tassel and her products. And we opened our shop together and um, mostly our focus as a joint part of our business is the balloons and things like that. Um, and then we still individually just sell whatever products that we want. So for me, um, I'll find things when I'm traveling, when I used to travel, I'll find things that way. Like I'll just see something that makes me smile and kind of back to that whole, like making every day feel like the weekend. I just want to give people something they're excited about. And so usually I just find things that I like, like I sell these little canvas pouches, um, and like one says, this is where I keep my Southern charm y'all. And I just saw that in another store one day and I was like, that just like tickles me so much. I'm going to sell that. And so usually I find things that I like from other places or from maybe from Instagram. Um, and then just kind of source them myself. And really it's so much trial and error. It's like, yeah, those puzzles could have been a total flop. Maybe it had it not been a pandemic, but now people are so into puzzles. So a lot of times it's buying something I'll be really excited about. And then nobody else seems to be really excited about it or they're excited about the thing. And I sell out of something that I had no idea was going to do well. So a lot of it's just trial and error and buying different things. Um, 
for me, for Charleston Weekender, most of what's in our shop is we pick brands that we are excited about and that we love their story or that have been recommended to us, or maybe we've seen them in other local stores or at other local markets and just kind of really been excited about their products. And then they all make their own or curate their own products and they kind of get to decide what they they offer in our shop. So we're not choosing every single thing, but we do make sure that, you know, it doesn't compete with our other vendors that we already have and stuff like that. But um, a lot of the vendors just, they're just creatives and they're just like making cool stuff. So. So cool. Yeah. What were you going to say? I totally cut you off. I'm sorry. No, no. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, that was great. So what, um, what's next for you? What's your, what are your plans coming up? What do you have coming up? What, what do you, where do you want this to go over the next five years? Oh man. Five-year plan. Um, well, I will say this. So, like, one of the things that I love to share about on my blog, because I am, like, this cheerful, happy Instagram account, um, you know, it kind of – it just hurts me so bad that, like, I never want anybody to look at me and look at what I'm doing and feel any kind of way because we've all looked at other Instagram accounts it just felt some kind of way, you know, like, yeah. Oh, it just hurts. Like even if, you know, for a long time I wasn't necessarily comparing myself to other people. I've always been pretty good at that. I think because, um, I started doing this whole thing, like in my thirties, I feel like, wow, I'm so glad I started doing this in my thirties. If I'd been in my twenties when I was starting this Instagram world, I don't think I could have handled that very well. Um, and so for a long time, I just kind of felt like I was immune from, this comparison game and whatever, but I definitely, there were times when maybe I wasn't working with many brands that month and I would see somebody else working with, you know, three brands. And I'm like, oh, why don't the brands like me? This stinks. <laughs> and just that real feeling of like what social media does to us, even though we know better, um, like it kind of just became a part of what I started sharing about a while ago, just to try to be, real about sharing the struggles of the fact that like I've definitely I started having anxiety when um I think when I was in grad school and um depression for me it's like something that happens once my anxiety gets going a little too long or a little too intensely then oh depression's just not very far behind usually and I think like the people the things I've heard people say to me about me because of what they see on my Instagram, I just started realizing over time, I was like, whoa, I want to really share about my mental health struggles that I have because I really want other people to understand that like this, it's all so cliche now, but literally it's a highlight reel, you guys. Like this isn't, I'm not happy 24 seven. I'm trying to work on it, but like, <laughs> you know, I'm dealing with this other stuff and really like I go to therapy every, I just came from therapy and I was like, I don't know if we should do this right now because like I've just been crying, but like, you know, <laughs> I'm just, I'm here for y'all. Cause you guys are so awesome to have me on your podcast. But the reality of it is like, I was just in therapy crying an hour ago and I want people to know that. So for, to answer your question in another very long way, Mark, um, what is next for me is just continuing to, like it's been bothering me lately that I haven't just taken the time to figure out a way to give back more to like just 
the whole mental health advocacy and um, promoting mental wellness. I just, I've been doing that on my own, but now that we do have an online, uh, like now that we have a website, just, I think it's going to give me the opportunity to find a, a better way to give back. Um, I've done like fundraisers over time here and there, but I really just want to be able to give back. And my main goal for five years from now would be to have a fund where anybody who, well, maybe not anybody, maybe that's lofty, but to be able to give therapy to more people who want to have therapy because cost has been the thing that's prohibited me um, from being able to go as much as I would have liked over the years. And I'm just lucky I have really great insurance right now, but um, I know how that is. It's like, dang, I'm about to have to decide what I'm going to have to cut out this month because I'm going to spend $150 for one session sometimes. And, um, I just would like to take that cost, that financial stress out of the equation for people that want to take care of their mental health. Um, so that's kind of what's next for me is I feel like just really digging into that whole mental health advocacy and seeing how I can really make an impact, but also just like getting started already and not being, like it's so easy to hesitate and think, Oh, I, I can't start that until I know I can make a really big impact. So I'm just not going to do anything. But um, now that we have a website, I'm like, you know what, I got to just go ahead and get started and at least give like 10% back of certain product sales or something like that. So that's what's next is really like trying to figure out a way to um, have it where I work with a nonprofit or something so that I'm not also bookkeeping these funds that I'm, <laughs> that I'm trying to raise and dispersing them to worthy people. Like I want to have somebody else involved so I don't have to figure that all out by myself. But um, that's kind of one of my main goals is to just really kind of dig into what I can do for mental health advocacy. And um, I've also been trying to bring back my whole speech therapy background into the mix. I started doing uh, like making some word games, word puzzles. They're not as hot of ticket items as the puzzle puzzles. But, um, <laughs> I started making some weekender word games that are just like um, different fun little quick word puzzles that people can do that are similar to what I used to do with my patients uh, in speech therapy. So um, oh, cool. Well, yeah, I, mean, I just want to be a nerd for the next five years. Cool. Well, I love that. I mean, it's, you, you want to help people. That's why you got into what you were doing. The business side of that sort of ruined it for you. Yeah. You now <laughs> want to take the success you've had here and continue to help people who might not be able to get help because of the business side of getting help. Exactly. So there's exactly. a lot of, a lot of commonality there. And to recap our Instagram, uh, hints or tips, it's work your tail off and post every day. Yep. Have a, com- have a common aesthetic that where things look the same, you take a bunch of care of your content and make sure that you get it exactly right or the way that you want it. Mm-hmm. And our third thing was giveaways are your cheats. You're getting more followers, right? Right. And giveaways, I should specify where you, you want to team up with other like-minded accounts. So, you know, like I wouldn't team up with the Delaware weekender because our, our followers would probably not be looking for the same kind of thing. So I probably wouldn't retain those followers after a giveaway was over. But yeah, so kind of teaming up with somebody with similar follower count as you and a similar um, audience as you, and then giving away something awesome and having people have to follow each of your accounts to win and um, kind of like using other people's audiences and like sharing yours with them and vice versa. Cool. We'll have to figure out what we're going to give away and we'll do (laughs) Give away a free podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Who doesn't want to be on a podcast? This is awesome. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you.
So uh, uh, before, do you want to get into our normal regular questions to finish things up or do you have anything else you want? No, I just want to touch on what your next, you know, your five-year plan is and how important I think it is because one of the things that I've learned, I've struggled with, you know, anxiety, people see me, even some of the closest of my friends and they say, they don't believe me when I say I have social anxiety. They're like, Mm -hmm. you're the most social person I've ever met. And Mm -hmm. I, so I completely understand that it's something that people bottle, you know, keep bottled up. And then it does, it turns into depression. And then you're like, you know, it's just this terrible spiral. And the more you don't realize what people are going through until someone is willing and able to risk whatever, there is really no risk, but you feel like there's a risk in exposing yourself and taking your mask off and saying that to somebody. And then you'll be, you know, talking to one or two people and they're going through the exact same thing or a similar thing. And then it spirals into this, you don't, you can't even imagine how many people are going through this. Exactly. And it's so important. It's so important. And I, it really is about that. Just being able to say what you've got going on in your life does absolutely make somebody feel like they're empowered to be able to say what they've got going on or that they don't feel so alone in admitting that they've got the same issue. And it's funny how simple of a thing that is, right? Like, I, I don't, I'm not doing anything extra special over here, but then there are times when I'm probably also suffering in silence myself, um, and just dealing with something internally. And then I have to remind myself like, well, that's not helping the situation. And also like, if I can use this frustrating thing I'm dealing with and use the opportunity to give somebody else, you know, the, the courage to feel like it's okay for them to be feeling like that. Yeah. I got to quit suffering in silence because like the more, even if you just do it on the level of telling your friends or like, I've been telling my parents more about it and they're still, it's like the conversations, they just look at me like I'm an alien. They're like, but honey, like why? And they're so confused by the fact that I have anxiety because yeah, like even my own parents don't understand for on the outside of all for appearance sake, I've got it going for me. And I know that too. And I think that's what it is. Why people do stay silent is because of the shame. Like I feel so ashamed. I'm sure the same Nicole, like you have a beautiful family, like, you know, you have things going for you, but that doesn't mean you're immune from having anxiety and depression. And, um, I think that's the thing that, that people forget is it, the outside doesn't always match the inside. And that's kind of where I've been the last few years. And, um, yeah, I think just when I remember to ignore my own shameful feelings and get that out of there, it helps other people feel less ashamed and less alone, you know? Yeah. I think it's incredible. Yay. I think, I hope you keep sharing more about what you've got going on too. Cause I know it'll help a lot of people. Yay. Yeah, I will. Good. Me too. <laughs> so yeah, you want to get into the, our staple questions? Just, um, where's your favorite place to drink coffee? Well, man, this is going to make me sad. We can't do it right now. I know. Real life, things are open. People are like, I forget. I know, right? (laughs) That is a good memory you're bringing up, though. Okay, actually, I will say right now, um, that's probably going to be one of my favorites. It'll stay. Is 132 Spring Street. They are awesome. They've been just being so careful and, like, figuring it out as they go and staying open this whole time in the way that they were able to safely like curbside and all that. But, um, if you like a dirty chai latte people out there, non dairy one with, I think they have almond milk. 
They have the best dirty chai almond milk latte in Charleston. So I love 132 awesome. Spring. Very cool. All right. What about a cocktail? Ooh, I love a good martini. Now, won't that be nice when we can have a martini again? I would say <laughs> if you want like a dangerous martini, go to Muse and Ooh. then go when Donnie's working and he's got good jokes. <laughs> uh, so a martini at Muse. They just, they just seem good because that martini's so good. <laughs> exactly. Maybe that's what it is. Um, yeah, I would say martini at Muse or a martini at the Thoroughbred Club. Okay. It's the Charleston Place Hotel. Yep. If I go there, I'll tend to be the youngest person in the establishment. But hey, that's great. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I'm an old soul, so I like it. Cool. And what about uh, favorite place to eat? Favorite place to eat. How about like the places I feel like I miss? I can't wait for them to open. Basic Kitchen. You guys, which one of y'all are gluten-free or celiac? Mark, that's right. Okay. Um we got to give some gluten-free shout out places. How about basic kitchens got some great gluten-free options. Gnome cafe. Um, Oh my gosh. But I eat at five loaves, like at least twice a week. I don't Uh, think I've been there. I think you got you a sandwich. They do gluten. I think they have multiple gluten-free. But oh man, did y'all know vicious biscuit has a gluten-free biscuit? I know. I don't think I've had that either. Oh, it's good. I don't think so. Mm, no one loves me. We actually, I Somebody spoke with. Somebody sent me some gluten-free biscuits. Yeah. I, I spoke with Carrie last night from Callie's Hot Little Biscuit. The and they're coming out with even more gluten-free options. Yes. I know. Um, they For a while, they only had the gluten-free at their market location. So I yep. think they start having them in grocery stores and stuff too. Yeah. They are, yeah. They're, she's excited about it. That's the next endeavor. Yeah, so anywhere with well, it's got gluten-free options. What do you, what about you, Mark? What's a gluten-free spot I don't know about or that you like? Um, Crave has an awesome burger and their <laughs> their bun is really good. Um, Miss Rose's diner in that, West like, Ashley cool. yeah. has their own gluten-free buns. Um, okay. that are really good. And uh, Yeah, why yeah. we don't want to eat the burger without a bun, so we we need a good gluten-free bun. That's a good find. Yes. So good last find. night we went to Tradesman real quick and um Pub Fair was there doing their burgers, mm. and I brought a gluten-free bun. <laughs> that is a good wife right there. I was like an old, the old woman, like, hey, oh, I brought your buns. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. It's like a bun it was day. delicious. <laughs> yeah. It was totally worth it. Um, any other favorite spots we can catch you at or where you hang out at? Cannonboro Collective. Yeah. Our cute little balloon and gift shop on the corner of Cannon and St. Philip Street. Um, but really I think like when I go to other, you know, other cities and, and go travel, I love finding the cute little local shops. So, um, I really just love everything on our street on Cannon street. Like that is where the locals are. That's where we are. That's where the the Airbnbs are. Um, so anything on our street, I really like, I mean, sugar bake shop, two gluten-free options guys. So delicious. And just like you go there and it's like the whole cheers thing. You want to go where everybody knows your name and they're always glad you came. Like that is how I feel when I go to all the different places on Cannon Street. And also Sightsee Shop is another good coffee shop that I love. Joel and Allison, the owners, are just like two great peeps um, that really helped me feel like, you know, like I have a sense of community um, around me in this like Charleston world. And so, um, yeah, just go around Spring Street, Cannon Street, 
all that little hood. Canterbury, Elliottboro, it's like all, all kinds of little good places. We're going to get down there soon. Say hi. Do it. Anything else we need to know about you before we let you go? I am just figuring it out as I go and <laughs> probably making bad moves along the way and trying to stay motivated and trying to like believe that I'm on a path to something, even though I don't always know what it is. So, you know, just like keep doing your thing and eventually something's going to come out of it, I guess. Yeah. I think you've described a lot of what we call build, measure, learn, right? Idea, do something, measure it, learn and adjust. Yeah. Build, measure, learn. That's, that's exactly. a lot of failures lead to success. So Exactly. They're kind of, there are no shortcuts that will bring you nearly the results of build, build measure, learn. I love it. Love it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. This has been great. Thank and uh, we will thank certainly you. continue to support uh, your business and, and share with our, uh, our listeners. Thank you. Y'all keep doing what you're doing. You've had some great episodes. I loved hearing um, Hatch Tribe Hillary's. Yeah. You guys keep meeting Charleston. I love it. We're going to do our best. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Have a good night. Bye. Thank you.